from a certain angle, it looks like... No, I'm just kidding. Like a dick. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but... <laughs> that should be, like, the promo for this episode. Like, <laughs> me, like, stroking Underneath, it. like, misconduct, <laughs> Callie was reported to HR for this. <laughs> the HR of Pacino. Yes. Jane felt uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm sorry for stroking this mic dick in front of you, Jane. It's okay. I encourage it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Pacino Pod. I'm Callie and I sweat a lot today and I'm here with Jane who I'm guessing also sweat a lot today. At certain, you know, I walk downtown, which is definitely hot out, you know, at times today. So yeah, sure. Let's, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like also cleaned a house, so. I, I think Callie, yeah, I think Callie worked a lot harder than I did today. Personally, <laughs> I really didn't do much uh, other than see some friends and, you know, I ate Arby's before I came by, and uh, yeah, that's all about all I did today. <laughs> We're here to begrudgingly talk about 2016 thriller Misconduct, which is uh, directed by Shintaro Shimasawa in his directorial debut, but also his only movie. Six years ago. I mean, I think he's produced a couple things, but as far as directing, he has not. It went straight to... It was video on demand. Video on... It does feel like a video on demand film. I think, um... It's honestly got a stacked cast, though. Like, it feels like it could have been a better movie, but it's just, like, so bad. I mean, I think we agree on this one that it's not one of the good ones uh it's actually probably one of the worst ones we've watched so far yeah, this is one of my <laughs> least favorites i really hated watching this actually initially i think amazon prime tried to save me because my prime app on my tv kept crashing and i like honestly the first four dollars that i spent to rent this movie just completely gone you and actually paid to rent this in total eight dollars you didn't want you didn't watch it on Tubi? You could have watched it for free on Tubi. <laughs> Callie, you paid no. What the fuck? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I watched it for free. I'll get over it. <laughs> Someday. I watched it for free with ads, and actually, honestly, the ad breaks probably helped pace the film a little better yeah. because you could... You got a little... Because it's like this... Reprieve. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the movie stars Josh Duhamel, Alice Eve, Malin Ackerman, uh, Julia Stiles is in it, Al Pacino, and Anthony Hopkins. Al Pacino has, like, probably collectively, like, five minutes in the movie. It's it's funny because it's not a cameo. It's not billed as a cameo role. It's not a cameo. Like, he probably, which, in we, and We're Not Animals, it's built, like his role in that film is billed as a cameo, but he actually probably is in more of that film than he is in this one. He doesn't, like, show up into this movie until, like, 35 minutes in or so. We're getting into, like, the era where, like, Pacino is so big that it's, like, a big deal if you have Pacino in your movie just for a phone call. Like, right. in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he's, like... He's in, like, three scenes with them. Yeah, like, he's, like, in the first ten minutes of the film, and then you, like, another, like, two and a half hours go by, and then, like, you maybe see him again at, like, one other point. <laughs> and it's kind of the same vibe in We Are Not Animals, where he's, like, somebody's, like, agent or, like, yeah. manager or Yeah, something. you only see him talking on the, to John Cusack. Right. But 
ironically, you I feel like you do see him more in that film than you do in this one. <laughs> yeah, we should, like, calculate, like, how much he's in those three movies. Yeah. We'll call it the Pacino on phone series. And honestly, I think the next film that we're doing, I, from what I understand, is in, barely in it as well, so. The next film in the filmography? Or yeah, in... it's the Pirates of Somalia. It's not listed. Right. It's not listed on his Wikipedia page. It actually was at one point, but they took it off because for some reason, whoever was editing that just decided that like that and and uh, we're not animals. Pacino, even though he's in the movies, isn't in enough to list in his official filmography. But IMDb does not have that issue. So <laughs> it's so funny that you like noticed that you know. Oh my gosh! It like upset me. I, I'm <laughs> I'm in a, I am like weird about like accuracy of like data and shit i like yeah it bothers me when things are not accurate <laughs> jane has always been the one who's like knows the release date of the movie because i'll be like oh these movies both came out in 2015 like which one do you want to do first and jane's like well that one came out on june 15th and the other one came out on november 3rd so if so, we're doing it in the actual chronology. So we're doing the one that came out on June 15th <laughs> of 1986. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it, but it was funny, though, uh, when we did uh, Manglehorn and The Humbling, they both actually released on the exact same day, just right. at different festivals. So it was like, so I, like, I just told... like, what time? What time did they air? <laughs> no, I just told Callie, I was like, you know what? You can choose which one we do first. And she was like, Manglehorn. And I was like, okay, yeah. And it was a much better film than The Humbling. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, this movie is kind of equally, you know, similar to The Humbling. We have sexual relationship that makes no fucking sense. Malin Ackerman is dating Anthony Hopkins in this movie. I texted that to my roommate John, just those words. Malin Ackerman is dating Anthony Hopkins in this movie. And he said, so it's fantasy. Yeah. And they only share one scene together at the very beginning. Right. And it's like, it it, it it feels more like a daughter arguing with her father than it does like any sort of relationship. <laughs> and his character, he's the CEO of like a big pharmaceutical company that is like coming under fire with some allegations because one of their medicines killed a bunch of people. You know, yeah. normal pharmaceutical CEO shit. So he's not actually that bothered by it, but she is. And they're like arguing about like whether they should like blow town or not basically and he's like no it's fine i have lawyers and like this kind of like, right thing and I do. he's like i'm rich i'm rich and powerful oh i've killed before he's, yeah he, he, oh basically no he's basically <laughs> like nothing's gonna happen to me why are you worried about this he's like yeah like which you know being of a, a wealthy um pharmaceutical ceo uh, usually nothing does ever happen to them so he probably no. you know was right in that regard but <laughs> yeah so they're they're arguing and then uh later he gets a text message they're like supposed to meet at home or it's alluded to that they will see each other later and he gets a text message which is like a picture of her like bloody face and it says 12 hours she's dead and I thought it was so fucking funny because Anthony Hopkins is such a boomer that he texted back demands question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, but he's still, like, cool as a cucumber, you know, through those scenes, which I thought was interesting. It's like, if your girlfriend gets kidnapped, like, that is out of the norm for a pharmaceutical CEO. Yeah, he seemed very, like, I mean, in this whole movie, like, every scene that he's in, even when, like, whenever bad things are happening, he never, like 
shows any emotions beyond like vague annoyance (laughs) other than at the very when he punches out the art dealer (laughs) it's it's funny because it's like he hires like he doesn't want to go to like the fbi or whatever so he hires these like special like kidnapping investigators and one of them is Julia Stiles. Yeah. And it's, like, such a weird role for her. She just, like, is, like, she's also barely in this film. Her only role seems to be to act exasperate, uh, exasperated at uh, Anthony Hopkins's demeanor. It's, like, all she does. Right. <laughs> and to be like, you have to trust me, sir. I'm an expert. I'm an expert <laughs> on kidnapping. writing in this film is horrible. Oh, it's so bad. My Letterboxd <laughs> review is that the dialogue in this reads like a porno. It does. Because everything is, like, I mean, God, it's so bad. The way Malin Ackerman talks throughout this whole movie, which I kind of feel bad for her because I feel like she gets put in that place a lot, even in comedies and stuff. One of my favorite romantic comedies is Wanderlust, which is, like, made by all those guys from the state. Like, it's, like, Ken Marino and Joe Latrulio, Paul Rudd, like, anyone that had anything to do with Wet Hot American Summer. And Molly Ackerman plays, like, you know, like, a hot girl on the, on the commune or whatever. And, like, the joke is that, like, you know, they practice free love on the commune and Paul Rudd is uncomfortable with that fact. And so, like, Molly Ackerman is like, why don't you, like, think about what it would be like to be inside of me? And then Paul Rudd's like, oh, 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 sweat drop, sweat drop. Right. And he's like, oh, maybe. And, like, <laughs> you know, it's, like, for comedic effect that she's that way. But, like, I kind of feel bad that she's just, like, always so sexualized. Right. Yeah, and she is very much. Her boobs are in this movie, by the way, on that yeah. note. God, I wrote, I wrote in my letterbox review that this is, like, if you took Gone Girl and The Devil's <laughs> <Yeah>. Advocate <laughs> and, like, yeah, I was, like, a guy who watched both to both of those movies back to back and got really drunk and was like I'm gonna write a screenplay now and that's yeah, like and it's gonna be so original <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is what you get because it's like three it, it really feels like three different films are trying to right. come across come out at all at the same time and like it's supposed to be like it's like partially illegal drama with like Josh Dumel taking on this pharmaceutical CEO and partially a kidnapping tale and partially like a drama um, between this like married married couple. couple and like is this woman like you know it's just it's just like it doesn't it's ever very convoluted. it doesn't ever pick a pick a uh plot and stick with it for too long mm-hmm. and then the end oh my god we haven't even got to Pacino's character yet well like, <laughs> we, we still have to explain the most annoying aspect of this film which is that it like time jumps so we go from like Hopkins you know working with this detective crew and he tries to meet like whoever's kidnapped the person in the public space and they do it at like an art show and he accidentally punches an art gallery guy and he like you know even if that had been the kidnapper he would have fucking ruined it anyways and then it like jumps back in time to josh dumel being a lawyer who works for al pacino but he's not a partner yet what in a what in a this isn't the devil's advocate by the way this is just like this is this is a this is still misconduct it just It sounds exactly like oh, it. Oh, we also have <laughs> another case of Al Pacino playing a Jewish man. Um, and who's also doing a horrible southern Louisiana accent. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> the accent's so bad. Like, I feel like he's going to, like, talk about crawdads or oh something. Oh, my God. It's like he, like, 
He does that in Devil's Advocate too. Yeah, not as bad as this though. Yeah. Um, he, he it's like he took the accent that he did in People I Know, which we already made fun of way back then, and just like dropped the gay affectation in it. Do you think he's ever in his trailer like who's gonna tell me not to? No, no, I guarantee you. He read that script and he was probably like, oh, I bet this guy's like, like a southern, even though there's no indication. Like, his last name is Abrams. I know. It's, and it's, and it's like, and it's like, set in New York. and he started doing that. And I think, like, probably, like, the director was just like, well, it's Al Pacino. What are we going to do about it? You know? Yeah. He like he, he loves to do accents. And, like, if there's one thing that we've learned doing yeah. this podcast is that there is not an accent that this man will not try, <laughs> whether or not it works at all. Yeah. However <laughs> confidently he will do it. Yeah, so, like, Josh Jumel is, like, a lawyer, but he's, like, working a lot. He seems, like, really stressed out. Him and his wife aren't doing well. She's also working a lot, and it seems like they're just kind of, like, ships in the night in their house, and they're, like, kind of doing that thing of, like, where you, like, know a relationship's in trouble in, like, a movie, or in life, honestly. I can speak from experience that if you're, like, hey, do you want to go on a date sometime to, like, somebody that you live with? It's, yeah. like, bad news. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, so they're, they're, like, after we both get done working these next, like, 80-hour shifts or whatever, uh, we're going to go on a date. And then he goes back to work and gets, like, friended by his old college girlfriend. And there's, like, banter between him and another lawyer. Like, oh, you never want to get in with your ex. He's the only guy that, the guy that plays his, like, friend is the only guy I felt like was, like, any good in this movie. (laughs) I was like, I want to see more of him. Like, just bring this guy, like, back. He's, at least, looks like he's giving, he's, like, trying. No one, like... No, I mean, I think Al Pacino is trying just in a way yeah. that doesn't make any sense at all. But, like, no one else in this film really, it feels like they're really trying that hard. <laughs> Josh Jumel kind of always is like that. I think that is him trying. There's not really much for Molly Ackerman to do. And I actually think Alice Eve in, the, like, the last scene, which we'll get to, I think, oh, like, want to explain the whole, like, oh, ridiculous yeah. No, you, you kind of have, like, you have to. But I actually yeah. thought her, her final scene was, like, good. Like, there was, like, some coldness to it regardless of whether it made any, any fucking, fucking sense, sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so Molly Ackerman hits him up and they're like chatting online and they're like we should hang out you know and his his friends like don't do it like you're married like why are you gonna fucking do that but he ends up meeting up with her and they go back to her place and she's explaining that Anthony Hopkins is like kind of toxic and like controlling to her and that He's her boss, and, like, she feels like she kind of can't get away from him, which, of course, is to, like, draw Dumel in so that... Oh, by the way, I just feel like we have to say it, that Josh Dumel is a poor man's Timothy Oliphant. I get them confused so much. <laughs> I literally... I, I think I even, like, when I was talking to my friend today, I would, like, they asked me, like, oh, what movie are you doing? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's, like, Miss, like it, Misconduct is this really bad film, and I think it's just, like, Al Pacino... Anthony Hopkins and the guy from Justified. <laughs> He's like, oh, Timothy Oliphant? I was like, yeah, him. And it's like, and then later we're talking, it's like, no, wait, that's Josh Jubel. Fuck. They're just, but they're, they're like, yeah, they're so fucking similar. Have I told you about how my niece is named after Timothy Oliphant's character in Justified? No, I don't think you have. That's... Her name's Raylan. Oh, wow. That's, his yeah. name's Raylan Gibbons on the <laughs> show. And my nephew is named after Shane West's character in A Walk to Remember. 
That's funny. Those are two, Landon and two very interesting things to name people after. Uh, but yeah, no, Josh Duhamel. Yeah, so he, but like, he's the star of worst, the show, I guess. It's not his like worst performance or anything. I think he like is a good actor, but like, there's just not a lot for anybody to do in this movie. The writing doesn't really like allow for like big uh, reactions, but I think that's also, like, somewhat the point, is that all these people are so fucked up that they'll, like, hear something awful and be like, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, you know, he almost fucks Molly Ackerman because he feels bad for her, and she's hot, and, like, she takes her boobs out. Yeah, I mean, and, like, I mean, look, if Molly Ackerman was standing right in front of you, Callie, right now with her boobs out, and was like, fuck I mean, me, would you, you, yeah. you, you wouldn't say no, right? I mean, she's going through a lot right, right now. Right, exactly. I just feel like I should have, like, never. <laughs> 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 and I think, like, that would be, like, the best way. I really, I mean, you would, you would be. It'd be, like, about, like, emotional support. Right, you, know? it, it, you would be, like, a bad person if you turned it down. Right, no, yeah, I'd be, like, yeah. an awful person to not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But Josh Jumel, amazingly, heroically, doesn't fuck somebody that's not his wife. Oh, I, he, and he goes home what, to her. What a hero in this story. Yeah, you know? it's like, so like, <laughs> gracious that he like doesn't fuck his ex. Um, so he goes home, and guess what? He was supposed to have gone on that date. <laughs> and his wife is like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, where were you? You know, whatever. She's mad at him. He's like, I'll make it up to you, baby. We'll go to some club. <laughs> yeah, we'll go to a club. And, yeah, what an awful fucking date for a married couple. Like, if I was his wife and I was, like, working, like, 36-hour shifts at the hospital, she's, like, a nurse. Uh, or a doctor. They don't... They don't... I think they say, say... I think they say... I think she's a oh, nurse. Oh, wait, yeah. yeah. Because then later when they show her at the hospital, some doctor's like, back off. And she's like, oh, okay. She's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Right, yeah. I'm a little mad. <laughs> <laughs> that was her whole character, basically, for most of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, until the big reveal. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah. So obviously that all takes place before Nellie Nackerman is missing. So you're like, what? <laughs> there's so, every time you mention there's like so much fucking I know. shit in this film. And like, I kept getting confused by the time jumps because I'm stupid. And, like, I was like, wait, I thought she was missing. Like, the whole time she's with Josh Duhamel, I'm like, does she, Cow. is she just not, like, I'm like, oh, and that was, I guess, my first indication that she was gone girling herself. But, like, it was just because I'm dumb. Well, uh, you know, Callie, um, this film obviously wasn't written for someone who's, like, a hardcore stone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, he's like, you got to be sober to watch this film. There's just so many twists well, and turns. Well, they should put that on the box. <laughs> So many twists and turns to follow. I wouldn't have made it through this movie without weed. Uh, I I raw dogged it. Wish I hadn't. Really, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like back when it was almost like back when I was drinking. There was a couple of films that I watched like way too drunk, and honestly, I feel like my uh, my intake of them probably wasn't that great. And like I think the the biggest one was like Any Given Sunday. But I was like, I wish I could have <laughs> traded like. We could have done that one, this one back then, and watch, I watched I watched Any Given Sunday Sober and probably would have been a better experience. <laughs> that one was fun to watch high because there's that part where Pacino throws 
John Cena gave me into a dugout. Like, he, like, chucks him <laughs> in. And I, like, died for, like, like 10 minutes. I had to, like, pause the movie because I was like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my God. The one thing I remember the most about watching that, though, was, like, I was already, like, kind of drunk starting it, and it starts with that, like, super, like, motion blurry, like, oh, yeah, of the football footballs, scene. and I was like, oh, my God, is it, I, can I even watch this? This movie's gonna make me sick. <laughs> it's gonna give me the spin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I think, maybe I'm missing a couple scenes, but, you know, him and his wife see Molly Ackerman out of the club, and he's all like, oh, no, I was, like, sucking on her titties, like, yesterday oh no oh and you haven't even mentioned the one on the other character um oh my the the guy who's like stalking around who first is stalking around Mally Ackerman's other apartment and like talks to her like roommate or not her her like neighbor across the hall and he's like you haven't seen this girl before oh, yeah. and then he like he shows up at the club as well and he's like threatening he's like you need to drop this case against uh whatever pharmaceuticals if you know what's good for you and right. he's like uh i'm not gonna do that okay dude i'm not afraid of you of, of uh of uh yeah josh jamal's like i'm tall i'm tall and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a i'm a chad i'm at this club right now with my hot wife and my hot ex who like is also hot so leave me alone <laughs> which oh the club scene made me laugh so hard because after he has the awkward introduction where he's like this is my like ex-girlfriend this is my wife his wife, you know, like, ex-girlfriend walks off, and his wife is like, oh, I didn't realize that was your type. And he's like, no, baby, you're my type. They, okay? they the look exactly alike. They're... Later in the movie, I totally mixed them up. I know. Like, they're both, I... like, blonde, like, short-haired blonde women that are, like, like big, boobs. big boobs. And it's like... They both have, like, really good, like arch eyebrows right like even like their features are the same it's not even like they're the same type per se which is like blonde hair yeah, it, big boobed and then uh Callie's type no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but anyways I, I just thought that was really funny because they look exactly the same to the point where later so Mally Ackerman's character dies just spoiler I thought it was Alice Eve. And I was like, oh, no! And then I was like, oh, okay. You're like, oh, it's just the, it's the other one. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, what's she do? It's the one we thought was probably dead anyways at the beginning of the film. Right. <laughs> uh, so after he sees her at the club, he goes back to her house to check on her, on Molly Ackerman, because he's like, we're doing this whole case together. She's got all this info about the pharmaceutical people. This is going to make my career then, uh, you know, my Jewish boss with a southern accent will love me and make me partner. So that's kind of his motivation. So yeah, like, that, that's, that's the other thing that we really haven't talked about. We really haven't. Going back to Pacino's character, yeah. he, like, is the boss, um, the big boss. Josh Jumel goes to him and is like, he's, I, he's like, I got this, like, hot intel on, you know, the fucking, this, like, the pharmaceutical CEO, and I think we can take this guy down, and Al Pacino's like, uh, I don't know if you have, I can't do a southern accent to say, to say my, I was gonna, I was trying to do Al Pacino doing a southern accent, I can't do it, so I'm not, I'm going to erase that, and I'm not pretending. He's kind of doing a southern, like, molasses, yes, like right. a... <laughs> He's like, uh, son, I don't know if you've got what it takes to lead this case. <laughs> 
we need someone who's who's a go-getter on this. And, and Josh Schumel gets up to leave. He's like, no, actually, I do want this case. And he, I am a go-getter. And he's like, son, this pen is like $40,000. So you keep the pen now because you're the big shot now. Yeah, I want pen $40,000. <laughs> he's like, whoa. Oh. A pen, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, also, obviously motivated because he's he re- references having like so many student loans that he'll like yeah. never pay out. But like, obviously him and his uh, his wife are both working a lot, so it'd be nice if he got a big break, and then maybe they could like spend some time together. Yeah. Uh, even though he has to do it in this like awful back alley way with his ex girlfriend who tried to fuck him, so he goes back over to her house and she's dead. She's like OD'd on pills, and he's like oh shit I don't really want to be involved in this and so he just tries to act like he was never there he like runs into a neighbor on the way out but he like makes up you know or he doesn't really make up anything but he's like I have a wife she has a boyfriend like you never saw me and the neighbor's like got it she's cool yeah I guess I don't know maybe that's not cool but who's she gonna I don't say know. She, no she's like a you know she's a she's a ride or die friend you know like sometimes yeah. everybody's got that friend that you know it's like hey if I ever do like kind of stupid or like really destructive yeah. shit can you just like not say anything about it please they're like yeah sure yeah you're scumbag friends yeah <laughs> like, oh i did a scumbag thing and they're like totally I, yeah. they're, and then they tell you what they did so. Right. <laughs> so he like goes home and what doesn't he just tell her no what well, yeah well basically we also need to point out the part where they get home from the um, club because this is important as well. And she's like all sad. And she's like, I had a miscarriage. Right. And then he's like, oh, we haven't talked about that since it happened. And she's like, will you always be here if we should? You know, they have their big heart to heart moment right. about it or whatever. And she's like, you said it would be fine because it's just us now. And yeah, I that that's, was, like, that's, really that's a fucking, that line comes back. It's like, it's a motif, returning motif, that line. But it's like so weird. It's like, what kind of a thing is that to say to your It doesn't. Once your again, wife who just lost a baby. The writing in this film, some, it's, it's pretty. It's as somebody bad. who wasn't really that excited about that baby. Yeah. You know, as someone who has written scripts before Callie uh does this make you feel better does this film oh, yeah. having been in production and been released with an A-list cast make you feel better about your scripts and writing yeah I can make a movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is what's nice about like watching kind of like shit movies you're like oh I'm better than that yeah I know it's like motivating you're like oh if this fucking shit can get made then I can then mine can get made <laughs> God, what he, else the yeah, fuck no, else he happens? goes home and he tells his wife yeah. about it, which is crazy. And she's like, did you fuck her first? And he's like, no, we just made out a little bit. And she's right. like, okay, why'd you do it? He's like, I had to get the intel. She's like, oh, I wish you would have told me. And that's like her whole reaction is just like, okay, well, she's dead now. Which, you know, <laughs> foreshadowing, which I guess makes sense later on. But like when you see it, you know, when you first see it, you're like, you're like, no human being would react this way. Right. It just feels like very, like, this... It doesn't feel like, you know, like any person on the planet Earth would react that way to, like, your husband yeah. telling you that he just got back from his ex's house where she's, she's dead. dead. <laughs> and 
And he kind of cheated on you. You know, just a little bit, but only because he has to advance his career. Right. So, yeah, and, yeah. And, but she's just like, takes it in stride. But, you know, that, that will, they will all make sense, quotation marks, when it, quotation marks. (laughs) He's, like, trying to figure out what to do and, like, how everything is, like, supposed to go. And he tells his wife that, like, the only person that saw him there was, like, that neighbor. And then we, like, cut to the neighbor being like stalked by like a fucking hitman right that guy that uh we, that, guy. who was in the club right. like threatening him with like dropping the case or whatever he's been like stalking this woman too and he like fucks her up pretty good and she ends up in the hospital that josh Jamel's wife works at <laughs> once again much like the uh narrative convenience of happening both happening you know much the same way in stand-up guys uh, that the that the doctor who just so happens to be working on Al Pacino's boner problems <laughs> is the daughter of their good friend Alan Alda. <laughs> you know, I that's like actually one of my big pet peeves when like people like show up at like a place where it would be very unlikely to ever run in. It's like just so happens. Right, it's like New York City. Yeah. It's like- Except that in Lawrence, then I'd believe it. Yeah, if it's a small because town. Because I see the same three people on a rotation. Right, like, yeah. Everywhere it, I go. It makes more sense, like, here. But it would not necessarily make sense in... Because this is set in New York, so it's yeah. like... That makes... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they would have gone to whatever hospital was closest. Yeah. Like, it likely wouldn't have been that one. But anyways, Josh Jamel calls her and is like, she shouldn't wake up until I get all this sorted out. And his wife... I think almost gives her a drug, but then the girl starts seizing, and then, like, we see the hitman guy, and, like, everything starts going crazy. That's, like, once again, you're just, like, watching his wife, you're like, why is she agreeing to kill this person for him? Yeah! That's crazy ride-or-die shit. But, like I said, it's just the two of them. Right, yeah. Uh, It's just the two of them. So, then he, like, rushes home. And uh, fucking Malin Ackerman's body is there in their bed. And that's the part where I thought it was Alice Eve. Oh, like, yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. Why are all these girls dying in white t-shirts with their boobs out? <laughs> uh, then I was like, oh, and you're like, and why can't I see them first? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jane. Now I know some of the, some of the notes you had on this Oh, one. I mean, all I wrote down was, like, boobs... Molly Ackerman, Molly Ackerman's boobs are out. <laughs> Five stars. That's what I... <laughs> All films very tastefully, I will say. Mm, once it, that's another thing I want You're wanted. only seeing, like, nip shadow. The way that this film is shot is horrible. It's a stupid film. It's, yes! It's like, the, like these, like... It's like, oh, you got a cool camera. Right, he's, like, picking, like, okay, here we're gonna do a really cool, fancy shot that doesn't even actually make any yeah. sense or add anything to this scene, but I just want to show you that, like, I'm aware of shots. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like, I know what a touch angle is. Yeah, it's like, it's like when you're working don't on... fucking... <laughs> dare think I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like, when you're working on your first student film, you just learned all this shit, and you're like, oh, right here, we should try this. Yeah. We're gonna try this and this, and when you're watching it... Do you it, guys know that, what panning is? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> alright, now here we're just gonna, you know, we're gonna pan slowly. It's gonna be very artful, and it's like, in the, you know, but you would expect a film with, like, 
ten million dollar budget with like a list actors in it to you know not really be shot that way. <laughs> yeah, this movie got like seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my god, it has like some um, of the lowest like letterbox scores. Like I don't think I saw a single like rating above like one or one and a half stars on there. So the budget was eleven million and the box office returns were two point one million. Yeah, pretty bad. So that sucks. But it's like you but I I, I it probably was like very like in very few theaters because um, you said it was video on demand so I imagine like it got an incredibly limited release and then like it made all its money on uh, bored people at home or at Redbox looking for films and they're like whoa this has this has Al Pacino and Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins in it and all these boobs I want to rent this and it's like that is certainly ingredients to a cocktail that would normally work yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but it just doesn't here. Oh, so, yeah. Eventually they get everything sorted out, and, I, I, you know, I, I'm kind of, like, blanking on some shit. Oh, okay, well, yeah, you, we, we had just, you just mentioned that um, her body was left in his house. Right, so then he has to the, go on the, the run. The cops are called, and, like, the whole time they're, like, breaking, like, right when he discovers her, then, like, the cops are here suddenly. Right, yeah. It's, like, very, like basic screenwriting 101 like bullshit that you're like all right this plot point goes here then we do Uh this here there's like nothing there is nothing surprising in this film at all it's like it's literally just beats taken from other films and just smashed together in the hopes that it's coherent but it's not um but yeah he goes on the run he's like wanted for her murder and um you know He's like, I gotta figure out a way to clear my name, so I'm gonna go to fucking Anthony Hopkins, because, you know, he thinks that he's the one that's been, like, orchestrating all this shit. Anthony Hopkins is like, man, I'm just as fucking clueless as you. (laughs) Oh, but before that, before that, we just missed another fuck. There's so much stupid shit that happens. (laughs) Plot points. There are so many plot points that do not work together that you, like, just forget about them, but... We have to go back to the fact that he is investigating Anthony Hopkins in a, like, there's a legal aspect of this. So there's a whole boardroom, like, trial aspect thing where he's, like, meeting with, like, him and Al Pacino um, and their, like, law team is meeting with, like, Anthony Hopkins and his lawyer. And, like... The law squad. You know, Al Pacino is, like, being all, like, "Uh, we got your ass this time. (laughs) (laughs) And, And then he's, like... I'm going to settle. And he's like, what? And then Josh Jumel's like, what? And then Anthony Hopkins is like, I know you know, blah, 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 blah. Why'd you pick up the phone or whatever? Um, right, yeah, he knew all the shit. He knew some shit, yeah, he knew shit about it. But he, he agreed to a settlement, done deal. Josh Jumel's character is theoretically a made man now or whatever because he gets a bunch of money from it. But, uh, but yeah, that happened, so that happened before this, and then he goes to confront Anthony Hopkins while he's on the run, because he thinks that he orchestrated, that this is his big revenge for, like, forcing him to, like, settle this money or whatever, and he's like, dude, I don't fucking, like, I don't, I had nothing to do with this shit. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins is like, fuck final. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he's, like, running out, and then he, like, I don't remember, I don't remember how he figured this out at some, like... But at some point, oh yeah, also the hitman, I think before he confronted Anthony Hopkins, the hitman kidnaps his wife. Right, And they have this big confrontation in the church. And he stabs her in front of him. So So that's really insane. 
that she's dead, but now she survives too. Um, but he like somehow gets out of it and like takes the t- hitman out or something. I don't know. Um, but we find out through process of elimination that it was actually Al Pacino's character that orchestrated the hitman and all this shit. Because um, he's actually in league with Anthony Hopkins. Right, and he's like, oh shit, this guy's too close to the, like, we gotta take, we gotta get rid of all these people who that know this shit. Um, so he, like, confronts Al Pacino's character in a restaurant or something, some high-end restaurant, and... I feel like we've seen this big confrontation with like main character and Al Pacino, um, like villain reveal twice now before mm-hmm. this film. Like we saw in The Recruit and Righteous Kill, like both had this same sort of climax right. with Al Pacino's character. Um, so by the third time that this happened, it's not surprising anymore. It's no, it's not surprising that he was the fucking villain. He's done, done it two other times now. It's like. You know, I wasn't surprised. I was like, okay, I didn't really give a shit either. But he has like this big crazy freak out moment like he does in the recruit where he's like, Oh, oh, you found me out, but I'm not going out yeah. with your no. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> he kills himself. Yes. Oh my god, Pacino loves a movie where he's like, you know what, fuck this and then kills himself yep. because in Humbling he killed himself too. He was yeah. like, you know, I was, let's, let's, I was let's too check, much for let's me. Let's check on Al Pacino and make sure that he's doing okay. I mean, he's made it this far. <laughs> if you kill yourself in your 80s, it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, and you probably have, like, terminal cancer or something, and you don't want to go out that way. That's the only right, way. Right, you usually, just, like, like in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the end of his character. That's pretty much all his character is, is, like... There, Pacino was like, do I get to dramatically kill myself in front of other people to escape consequences? Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm in. in. <laughs> I'm in. It's... Yeah, so, yeah, that's the only reason I could think of why, why this, of all films, he would agree to. It's, uh, it's a law, lawyer movie. It's kind of like a thriller. He likes those types of, like, high-energy, like, legal dramas. And then, boobs. But he doesn't have, involve, he isn't, doesn't ever interact, or I don't think him and Alan Ackerman share any scenes together. <laughs> I guarantee he was at craft services on set that day, even though he didn't have any scenes. Even though, like, he never has any <laughs> scenes like... and in the apartment setting or at all, or wherever she's topless at. <laughs> he just showed like, up to set that day. Mr. Pacino, we don't have you on the schedule for another two weeks. And he was like, oh, well, uh... I gotta practice my accent today. <laughs> my method, so I gotta be around. He's like, you know, technically, I'm orchestrating all of this, so I gotta right. see the work. Yeah. For, all right. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, like the movie kind of ends with. But there's still one more thing left to reveal. <laughs> Josh Duhamel and his wife are packing up. Obviously, they need like a fresh start because oh, this... there was like a dead girl in their house, so I think there's like bad memories there or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or something. You yeah, know. just my guess. Maybe they just, you know. Maybe there was mold. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> uh, but he picks up a shirt of hers as he's packing, and he's like, why does this smell like Mally Nackerman? For su- and for some reason, it still does. Right. Probably months later. <laughs> months later, he only could have sniffed her twice. Why would he? Uh, why would you remember that? Unless, right. unless she wears, like... Either she smelled terrible, or she like wore like <laughs> she the had, like, loudest really perfume. She strong ever. perfume, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Why does this smell like her?" And she's like, "It was an accident." 
And you're like, and no, you're like, no. what? You're like, oh no, oh yeah. No. So she's like, <laughs> they got to an argument. She like went and confronted her, and then she like pushed her, and she died. And then she set up the body to make it look like the thing. And then I guess that also means that she moved the body, right? No, the, the uh, hitman. The hitman did. Because because oh, okay. he like because he thinks the hitman killed her. Because he's right. like, why did you kill? And he's like, he's like, I didn't kill her. I just moved the body. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It yeah. made me so dumb that I was like. Well, <laughs> no, I mean it's still it's still a stupid explanation. Like all of it is stupid. All of it is no no plot point in this at, at any point in time. You're are, are you thinking this is? You know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb. I think the ending of Eighty Eight Minutes was a little more offensive than this is, but I think this film on the whole is worse than Eighty Eight Minutes. <laughs> like I truly feel that way. I think this film. Yeah. Um, I think it is worse than that. Like I think eighty eight minutes as far as like Pacino performance Pacino performances, um he's in eighty eight minutes more, so you could say that it's more of like a, just a pure, pure bad Pacino film. It's hard to call like this I feel like this is more of a Josh Dubell film more than anything. But it's like certainly <laughs> not like uh, not Pacino's fault. Right. You know no, I mean, I mean like, the thing he's is, he's giving accent. a terrible performance. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like, but like, Pacino's performance is it's it's horrible. It's not. There's nothing good about it here. Yeah, it's like he's not. He didn't save or help the film in any way, shape, or form, which is rare because usually, yeah, even, usually if he's, he's just in it for a little bit, we're like he's the best part. Because I would say like Gigli is a worse film than this, but Gigli isn't a worse Pacino film than this because the the one scene that Pacino is in in Gigli is like the only good yeah, scene like in the amazing. movie. Yeah. Uh, but this, the scenes that Pacino are in, are just as terrible and awful as anything else in this movie. And the fucking final confrontation scene is probably one of the stupidest scenes in the whole film. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, this film sucks. When I, If you look at the bottom of the page, where they, because um, Letterboxd starts, uh, is like, I guess, recommending films that you might like if you watch this film. The two films that stuck out for me, the first film it recommends you is Gone Girl, which, right. you know, not only, this is tries to double Gone Girl, it, because... Oh, fuck, we forgot a detail. What was the detail? That Molly Ackerman is shown to have faked the picture. Yes. Faked the yeah, that was a yeah, stupid, yeah. that was a really stupid She, like, scene. hired, or she, like, met some guy on, like, an app and, like, had him come over and punch her in the face, and then he's like, okay, so do you want to fuck now? And she's like, no, go home. And he's like, what? He, he, and she's like, I will tell the police that you did this if you don't just fucking leave right now. And he's, and like, he's like, oh, oh shit, bye-bye. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's like she was trying to fuck over Hopkins, but then she actually did die because Alice <laughs> Eve came over and Because then her. she doubled the Gone Girl, babe. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> like, this, like, like, the, like, the person who wrote this film was like, watch Gone Girl. He's like, he's like, that was good. But what we could go one better. <laughs> what if you were trying to fake your own death and then someone actually killed you? And she looked exactly like she... you. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so at the end, whenever he's like, oh, the shirt, she's like, it was an accident. She's like, but it's like you said, it's just us. Uh, and it's like, I rolled my heart. I yeah, so but Alice Eve looks so crazy in that scene. Like something in her eyes was really good. Yeah, it was. But the mo- I mean, I agree. It's like a terrible plot point and all that. And Josh Chanel just like turns around and he's just like, "All right, whatever." He's and, like, and okay. then the film ends. Yeah, where should I put the box? Or where should I put the shirt then? 
Yeah, like, it tries to do the fucking Gone Girl ending of, like, not spoilers, if you haven't seen Gone Girl yet, it's, like, a years-old film at this point, so I'm not, I don't... I tried to watch Gone Girl, and it gave me a panic attack. Oh, really? Is it, are you okay oh, with me Oh, I mean, it's fine. Anything? Yeah, I want to know the ending, because okay. I only, I don't know, I only the made it the The fucking film ends, twist. the film ends, um, she, like, you know, Neil Patrick Harris is, did you get to his part? He's in that Yes, movie. he is. He plays, um, her ex, oh. who, um, she, like... Well, after she faked her whole kidnapping thing, she, like, shows up at his house, and she's like, I want to, you know, and he's, like, obsessed with her, so as soon as she comes in, he, like, out-crazies her, and basically, like, keeps her prisoner in his, like, mansion, and he has, like, security cameras all over her and stuff, but she eventually ends up killing him, and she, and after she kills him, she comes back and basically says that he was the one that kidnapped her. Like, she basically oh. says that, oh, he kidnapped me, and, like, I had to kill him in self-defense to be able to escape, and so that was, like, the big, like, ending story. But then, like, Ben Affleck's like, yeah, I know you're fucking, like, I know this isn't exactly how it happened. And she, right. like, basically is like, if you want to, if you want to, uh, you know, if you want to have, like, if you don't want me to do the exact, like, ruin you in the way that I just did to this person, uh, you're going to go along with whatever I say. And it ends with, like, him and her giving, like, this interview, like, on, like, one of those, like, morning talk shows where he's just like, I'm just so glad that she's back, or, you know, like, and yeah, so that's, like, it ends in that way where it's, like, she, like, Right. With, they try to do that here, because they're like, oh, well, he's, like, kind of shitty, like, Ben Affleck, because he, like, kind of sort of cheated on her so like her revenge is like basically being like well you see I murdered your ex and then he's just like okay I guess we have a great marriage it doesn't like like I said it's trying to do that it's that like type of ending yeah but it's not it, like it's not earned you're just like it's, what it comes out of nowhere it's not earned at all um you're left instead of thinking like oh this person's crazy you're left thinking like where the fuck did that come from? Like, there's nothing that, right. like... I mean, the only foreshadowing they give is, like, stupid. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Double do- double Gone Girls. The other film that Letterboxd recommended that I thought was right on the money was Righteous Kill. <laughs> I was like, yep. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this also feels like Righteous Kill because it has that same ty- type of, like, Al Pacino is, like, this kindly old, kindly man who's, like, you're, like, oh, this guy's good. He's on the up and up. And it's, like, turns out, no, he's not. Ah, yeah. Ah, Plot twist, Pacino's a bad guy. Yeah, I would, I, you know, honestly, I'd put this. Sick of that's a bad guy. Righteous Kill is as bad as this film, probably, too. Righteous Kill, 88 minutes in this movie are, like, in league with each other. And then Geely is, like, a separate, like, type of bad but Julie's it's a bad, just as bad Julie is a bad Ben Affleck Jennifer Lopez film with a right. surprisingly good Pacino with a good Pacino cameo <laughs> <laughs> where he like just blows someone's brains out gives a monologue and leaves yeah <laughs> and like in this movie he gives like three bad monologues and then blows his own brains out <laughs> <laughs> so it's just not as good yeah um um, any any good parts of this film? Anything that you want to like say was good? I can't think of any. No, so. I mean like some, <laughs> some things made me laugh because they were like ridiculous, like uh, the way 
you know, Molly Knockerman is, like, trying to seduce him. That felt like a porno. Oh, yeah, I think uh, we got the whole place to ourselves. Yeah, it's just, like, really badly written. Like, those actors have more range than that, but the movie doesn't really, like, give them space for it. And so everybody's just giving these, like, rigid, cold performances, which has some, like, cool effect to it. Like, I, I like again, the last scene with Alice Eve, I was like, damn, she kind of good. You're uh, like, she should be in a better movie than she this. She should. <laughs> uh, she's really, really good in uh, She's Out of My League, uh, which unfortunately has DJ Miller in it, but, like, only a little bit so you can get past it. <laughs> That's that movie with Jay Baruchel where uh, he thinks that she's out of his league. And oh, I would have never guessed that. Yeah, <laughs> but that movie's uh, that movie's really good. Um, I've never seen it, but I'll I'll take your word for it. Um, it's about how like people who take too much stock in appearances are actually assholes. Cause like the whole movie, he feels like uh, inferior to her because he's like gawky or whatever. You know, he looks like a nerd, and so he like treats her really differently. And then she's like, he gets mad at her and like calls her a 10 and like says that he's a six or something and she's like like why are you mad at me like you're the one who's sexualizing me and like condescending to me constantly and like belittling me just to like how I look and stuff so it's actually like really cool like spin on things of how like those typical like lad movies go um so like if Shallow Hal wasn't terrible (laughs) listen to I like Shallow Hal I think it's a kind of offensive film personally but it's okay i think we've talked about this i think before. i watched it recently and was like still love it like, <laughs> but uh I, i'm down to like hear about you, you know. know i'd have to watch it again um i just remember when i when i saw it i remember thinking it was kind of offensive but <laughs> it might be and i just need to to learn about some other don't make, perspectives. Don't, don't make know? me say shallow cow. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Shallow cow has a cow. <laughs> you know, there's those movies that you would sit down to watch with people because they're so bad that you can like laugh and make fun of them, like and do like riffs on them. Do you think this movie is one of those or do you think it's too boring to be able to be one of those? <laughs> uh I think that like it would be a great movie to watch like live and like have mics so that we can like shit on it as we go because there's so many quiet moments and like the acting is so weird that like you know it would be way too boring to just like watch in a room together right but like yeah i don't know uh i wouldn't subject anyone to it yeah you wouldn't be like like if someone was like okay we're all like we're gonna start a bad movie night club and it's like your turn to pick one you wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to pick Misconduct or whatever. <laughs> no, I would pick Righteous Kill. Out of any Pacino movie to, yeah. to, to cover for that. Yeah, you know what? Something about Rambo the Skateboarding Pin. <laughs> yeah. You can't chop that. Yeah, you know, and like 88 Minutes has the whole like, the Al Pacino waking up to booty, 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 which is still like one of my favorite, like just singular moments in his filmography. <laughs> uh, Michael Corleone. Um, Michael Corleone and booty uh, and rocking everywhere. <laughs> what's uh, what's next, Jane? I believe it's the Pirates of Somalia. Right. Yeah. Which okay. is the one that I don't think he's like. In right. He's like 
yeah, very small role in it. So okay. we'll have to see how good this one is. I've not heard nothing about it, though, so we'll see if you're any better than a, than a misconduct. Uh, then I'll be happy. That's all I can ask for at this point. It's like, yeah. is this film going to be better than misconduct? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, will, uh, will we see Pacino in it? <laughs> like, will he just walk by and say hello, or will he actually have a pivotal role to play in the film? We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be pissed if it's just like him walking in a grocery store or something, and he's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> actually, let me look at the cat. I will see what, what they have him listed as playing in, um, in Smalia. <laughs> He's just some dude who lives in Somalia. Oh, he's second in the cast. <laughs> one of the pirates. <laughs> in the cast list, after Evan Peters is the is the main guy, he plays uh, Jay Bow. Oh no, wait, oh, Jay Bowder play. No, Evan Peters plays Jay Bowder, and then Al Pacino plays Seymour Tolbin, and he's second billed in the cast on Wikipedia. So I recognize anybody. That's what I'm saying. Al Pacino's the only guy I recognize in the list. I don't know who Evan Peters is. Wouldn't it be crazy if if we found out that, that Pacino was one of the pirates Oops. and that he was doing a Somalian accent? Oh, my like God. Like, he was like, look at me. No, he's like, I'm he... The now. <laughs> no, they do, <laughs> yeah, like, nothing to, like, to, to like, have you, like, think he's Somalian <laughs> yeah, except no, for that. Yeah, no, it's just Al Pacino with, like, a gun oh, slung over his shoulder. Evan Peters was he, the guy from American Horror Story. Yeah, I thought that name sounded familiar. Okay, he's, uh... He's the main guy in this film, apparently. Cool. Or we'll see. Probably not. Pirates of Somalia has a 3.2 average, you know? Pretty, pretty, pretty normal film. 257 reviews, mostly three, three and a half stars. Okay. People say that Evan Evan Peters looks like a caveman in this. I'm seeing a lot of... So that's about the only thing I, I, I see. Okay. So um, I'm excited for a caveman Evan Peters in this film that uh, seems to get decent reviews. So maybe we'll come back and we'll be like... We all love it. Yeah, maybe we'll be like, Pirates of Somalia is the best Al Pacino film we've ever this seen. This is the new Godfather. This is the, this is the one that everyone needs to go run out and see right now. Brian Buckley is our new Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> <laughs> You can follow us on Twitter at Pacino underscore pod. You can follow me at Static Blue Bat. You can follow me at Cali Bud. You could subscribe to our Patreon. In fact, we encourage and welcome it to give us $5. Um, we got bonus episodes. We'll have more in the future. We'll give you a shout out, Alex, Casey, and Matt. Thank, Thank you, you for always being there to help us. a long haul, honestly. Help us afford the hosting for these podcasts. I think they forgot that they were paying for it. You know, that's the best thing we can ask for. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you for not checking your bank account and, <laughs> and noticing that $5 is not there every month. Um, and, like, admirable that, you like, know, $5 is just nothing. It's just nothing, know? and I appreciate it. Or maybe know? they actually like us, and if so, thank you for, like, listening and, and you know, giving us $5 every month. It really does That's the thing. It's like, we, you know, if you listen to us, Please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter and tell us that you like our stuff because 
we don't ever hear from people a lot. You know, sometimes I'll hear from people, like, just randomly, like, oh, I listened to this episode, like, three times. I'm like, wait, really? What? Yeah, people okay. never tell me, and then they'll be like, oh, yeah, oh, no, I've heard you talk about this movie. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like, oh, you're, you're, it's like, you get, a, it's like, oh, you listened to this, and you didn't <laughs> let me know? <laughs> You know, it's like we're just, you know, sometimes it just feels like we're sitting in a room and, you know, Oliver's the only one listening to us speak, Oliver the kitty. So yeah. let us know, please. We like we like feedback. But unless unless you're uh, mean and you don't like what yeah. we have to say, then, um, into a you know, I, I agree with all your criticisms. Um, whatever your criticisms are, I agree with it. Um, you know, I've had you on the back. You're right, we were wrong with whatever we did or whatever we... We got a new mic, we fixed the weird noise. Yeah, um, facts, factually, yeah, we got it all wrong, our opinions were all wrong. You're right, um, you don't need to tell us, so. <laughs> Jane just blindly agrees. <laughs> um, yeah, come back, hopefully, um, oh, also if you're missing, if you're like looking at our episode list right now and you're like, where the fuck is Phil Spector? Uh, it'll come back event, you know, soon. We yeah, just we'll had to do we had a, some audio issues that we need to fix, so yeah. uh, it'll be fixed. And if you're a completionist and you're like, I want to listen to everything, but I can't fucking listen to Phil Spector. What is this? Then you know, calm down, just calm your fucking ass. Oh my god, chill. It's okay. It'll be there soon, <laughs> and your life can go back to normal. Okay, yeah. so. And that means not that good. So. Yeah, you know it's it's. It's whatever. Uh, check back us in with us next time, whenever that may be, and we will be talking about the Pirates of Somalia, um, and also a movie. You know, because this is a podcast about the Pirates of Somalia. Right. That's what we're. Yeah. So we're gonna, we talk about that regardless of whether right. it just so happens that this week it's uh, also a movie. Also a movie. So. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What a coincidence. <laughs>